Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we got a frog in the pot, but can the Red Raiders get the water to boil? We're into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and new customers. If you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you, my man, and great to be back at United Supermarkets Arena coming up tonight. We're talking Red Raider hoops as Texas Christian is coming to town. Texas Tech trying to exact a little revenge following a loss in Fort Worth in the first meeting. Feels like there's been a ton of basketball played <laughs> since that game actually happened, Chris. It hadn't been that long ago, but uh, life in the Big 12 Conference seems like there's been about 15 rounds worth of boxing going on since that one went down. So uh, Texas Tech with the chance to do something nice here on the home floor, continue to hold some serve, even though you've taken an L there, still have had a very good home record so far this season. And Texas Christian, a good basketball team, I think a beatable basketball team, but this would be a valuable win for your resume if you're able to get it. Yeah, well, this is just a tough matchup for Texas Tech, and and TCU is very good. Uh, you know, I, I I haven't studied it enough to understand why their their net ranking is about twelve uh, lower than yours is. Uh, they're not ranked in the top twenty five. You are, um, I think they're around like thirty six in the net. You're around thirty, or excuse me, twenty six, twenty five ish, uh, somewhere around there. They have won more road games, though, than anybody in the league, uh, five of them, uh, three of them being league games and then two of them out of conference. So be leery of, of that. And, you know, and, and some of these, the way your schedule shapes up the rest of the year, some of these games are not, I don't want to say bad losses, but they're going to be like games that, you know, because you're you're favored tonight by five or six points. But again, not going to be easy. Uh TCU is one of the oldest teams in the country. I think they're the third third oldest team. They've got, you know, their combined core has scored, I think, over 8,000 points in college, um, you know, and and they they play 10 deep, you know, and, and I think Warren will play tonight. That's my assumption, uh, you know, so we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful, I, I think. Uh, but, you know, again, if, if not, you're, you're, you're much thinner than they are. Because uh, you only played seven dudes against uh, Iowa State, but you go back to January the thirtieth, I guess it was. You lose by seven points. You know, you you had an eleven point lead in the first half. They go on an eleven zero run, and it's tie game. Uh, and at one point, they were up, uh, I think, ten or eleven points, and you you kind of you know kept kept it close. I think that we remember the things I remember from that game: twelve offensive rebounds by TCU to just four. And that was like a 14-point difference uh, and maybe a, a, the biggest reason why you lost that game. Uh, but Micah Peavy, four for four from deep, can't can't let him do that tonight. Now, uh, Trivion Tennyson went for like 23. He is a legit shooter, uh, you know, and so th- those were some problems. And then, 
you know, maybe we have no Tony Padilla on the call tonight who called a <laughs> bogus flop uh, on, on Pop Isaacs when the game was, I want to say, 63-57, and here you go, and then and then it changed uh, because of a, a an incorrect, erroneous, bogus call that was bad and shouldn't have happened and changed the game, and I could keep saying it, but it's, yeah, we get the point. Um, but th- that's kind of, you know, I just, I do remember their length and athleticism being a problem and, and it will be tonight. They want to, TCU ultimately wants to just, they want to turn it into a pickup game. They want to turn it into, you know, fast pace and all that because their athleticism and their length is going to take over. The uglier it gets, the better that they are because they've got more players that can just kind of get up and down and, and and you know run and and you know when it, again when it's not necessarily pretty or whatever that's when they're at their best that's why they're so difficult to play against because you know you could run your stuff perfectly and they come down and it doesn't look exactly right but they're still producing and can score a variety of different ways because their best offense is getting the ball up on the rim and then going to get it and turning you over and then running you know uh, they they want to speed you up, so we'll uh, we'll see what we get tonight. Well, obviously, if we're getting Warren Washington uh, back on the floor, and don't know that that's a guarantee, but if there's some confidence that he could be back out there, then that changes things dramatically for Texas Tech. And when you're talking about, it seems like so many matchups uh, going into uh, or each game this year, we've had to talk about some length disadvantage for Texas Tech, even with Washington on the floor. So if he's back out there, that would be great news for the Red Raiders and. Kind of curious to see specifically uh, with Robert Jennings if we continue to see some uh, trending in the right direction. And as you pointed out a couple of games ago, uh, even some scenarios where we'd seen them both on the floor together. Yeah, and and if you remember back to that TCU game too, I, I forgot to point out earlier, this was the first time that we'd really seen in, in, a, in a meaningful game uh, or or a tough game, whatever, that not only Warren but Darion Williams battled foul trouble, and they had to they had to sit for various spurts of of that game, and both finished with poor, four personal fouls. And I think with Robert's emergence, because I, I tell you what's kind of happened here is that, I mean, Lamar Washington is just kind of he hadn't played a lot, and maybe they have decided. We, we can get bigger uh, by simply, you know, playing those three guards just more and not rotating a fourth one in, uh, but playing guys like, you know, Robert or Kyron a bit more against some of the, the length problems and, and, and all that. The, the you know, the, the question, though, becomes, you know, do you, do you play Darion at the three and then just a couple of guards in there and maybe that's a little less time for Kerwin or it's a little less time for Chance or – Whatever, there's some different things as you kind of spin it down. But yeah, I think uh, I think Robert and and maybe Kyron a little bit. They they've continued to kind of earn more trust, uh, earn some more playing time, um, you know. But it does create while while you, you it increases your size, it does create uh, you know less you know uh, ability to handle the ball and 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 an offense and create and all that kind of stuff when when one of those guys that we just mentioned would be on the bench in, in lieu of more size but yeah it's a great great point i uh man you mentioned lamar washington i've been surprised to to see his minutes just dwindle down and you know i guess coming into this season i really thought he would be a guy that 
kind of continued to uh, ascend and become a bigger fa- bigger factor. I thought, you know, as a dude that was green behind the ears last year, that he still gave you some impactful minutes as far as uh, some that you had available to you. And, you know, sometimes during a ball game now, you know, watching the camera go back and forth up and down the floor. And then for whatever reason, I look at the bench, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Lamar Washington's over there. I, I've kind of just forgotten about the guy. I'm surprised that uh, he hadn't factored in, I guess, more heavily as the season has gone along. You know, and he was playing uh, eight to ten minutes a game in a in a you know reserve role, uh, and and really it, it uh, since he, I guess it's really since he missed the Cincinnati game with with an illness, he hasn't really you know been seen much on the court. Uh, I don't know whether he's still kind of feeling the effects of that or he just got out of rhythm or they found something when he was out and like, okay, you know, this is working better or we like this better. I don't know. Um, Lamar's been around. He seems like himself. I haven't like talked to him. Hey, you feeling, I mean, whatever, but I mean, that's kind of, you could pinpoint that to when it really kind of changed for him or his, his minutes on the floor. And, um, and again, that's the thing about basketball teams. The season is so long. I mean, baseball teams are no different. Football teams are no different. But the season is so long that you kind of take these, you know, these different, you know, paths to to get to the end. And you know, you deal with injury, or in this case, maybe a, just being sick, and it kind of takes you out of rhythm or or whatever. And guys play their way into more minutes and out of uh, far fewer minutes and and on, on it goes. That's the fun part of it. Uh, because like I'm watching, I'm watching last night uh, with uh, that bloodbath that was Iowa State in Houston. And I, I was just curious in the general result, but like Malik Wilson, former Red Raider, uh, that they didn't think was athletic enough to play here um, and, and all that. Uh, but he's playing for the Second-ranked team in the country. Um, I I digress, but he I'm didn't really. Up play. A tone. I'm picking up a tone in your voice. <laughs> Just very frustrating. Like last year, the the previous offseason, you go to the Sweet yeah. Sixteen, you got all that. And it's like I just don't think Malik's athletic enough. Ship him can, out. I don't think he can do enough. But then Kelvin Simpson's like, dude, come on. And I'm like, and I'm like, what? What? You know? But but he point is. He wasn't playing a ton and barely played when Tech played Houston. Last night, he plays a ton of minutes. So prime example of somebody that wasn't really heavily in the rotation now is very much so. And so Lamar's kind of gone. I wouldn't say he was playing a a ton of minutes previously, but yeah, it's an interesting uh, point. But bottom line is, First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And the sports calendar keeps turning and the action never stops with America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet hits. There are so many ways to spice up any action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Official partner of the NBA. Bottom line is, you know, tonight you, you really need Pop to 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 find his groove again. Uh, I think he's what did we say yesterday? He's like five for thirty three in his last three games uh, mm-hmm. from the field. Um, 
you, you know, and, and and just struggling. Seeing against TCU though, he lit he lit them up because um, he went yeah. for yeah he went for twenty five points in that first one. I uh, wanted to look at it to to be sure, but you need to shoot it well. But this is a you got a chance here, man, on to to really finish up strong and make some things interesting based on your schedule. But you got to win these home games, and we all know that. And it people are going to look at the ro- remaining road games you have and assume, God, well, you can. You know, and you can win some of these road games, if not all of them. But it, it doesn't just like work like that. It's very difficult and, and and all that. Teams are scratching and clawing and fighting for their coaches' survival or a tournament bid or just any hope to, you know, or, or a senior day. As a matter of fact, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get on the road. But these home games are going to be tricky. But TCU is going to be a tough matchup. But it, it's uh, it, it would be really fun to beat Jamie Dixon because he's. Uh, he he was feeling himself the last time that we uh, uh, we 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 left uh, Showmire Arena. He was feeling pretty good about his team. <laughs> a lot of changes in the law, but I thought that was still illegal to do in public. Uh, maybe at least out in the eight hundred six. And I imagine this is probably maybe the only like blood bank guarantee uh, that I can give you here today that Jamie Dixon will be outside of the coach's box at a time or two, uh, possibly tonight. So let's keep a close eye on it, boys. Law and order every time. Let's keep them in that coach's box or send them to the locker room. Send them down the Bill Self trail of tears <laughs> that we got last time around. Um, Chris, I'm curious, what do you see, whether in-game or during practice time or in between games, things like that? What What is the approach to coaching Pop Isaacs through this kind of thing uh, that you see from Grant McCaslin and those assistants? Because he's one of your most talented players, obviously, but has gone through one of the roughest individual stretches in some recent games that uh, maybe anybody's gone through this year. How do you handle a guy like that? Or how have they handled a guy like that? Well, he's still been effective at, at, at various things. I think what we're talking about here is just the ball hadn't gone through the net. And I think, is he taking, I, I think Grant, that's the, that's the fun part about Grant. And I, I admire his demeanor from this standpoint. He really gets on the guys, but it's never personal, and then it's then it's over. You know, like it's real. Um, there's not a lot of mental game plan with with guys. Um, I think that he's he's able to not. You know, talking about the head coach, he's not able to. You know, or he doesn't get way high and really low and and, and all that. He understands. Um, Guys go through, you know, a shooting slump, if you will, if we want to call it that. And I think that's what this is. It's a mini one. And uh, but but as long as he's doing the right things, I think, you know, Grantson is going to encourage him to continue to, you know, try to score and create and and, and all those things. Now, if there's ever been an ill-timed shot or one earlier in the shot clock or one outside of the flow of the game, that may be when Grant go, you know, stomps his foot and was like, Hey, no, you know, like let's, let's, let's try something different. But I think that it's pretty been, you know, it's pretty much because I mean, you know, back to my, uh, my comment yesterday uh, when on the show, when I was, I I said something to him after the game about, you know, how competitive they were and they, they competed and, and it's a credit to everybody in the, in the organization. And, He's like, well, we didn't come here to play close, right? Well, <laughs> right. so I think after the, I'm trying to remember, it was the this was the Baylor game? I'm trying, well, it was one of these games in the last couple of weeks, and you know, and maybe it was the maybe it was in fact the TCU game. As a matter of fact, when he had, uh, you know, Chris, if you just look at it, yeah, okay, yeah, I think it may have been after this TCU game, and I asked 
Grant about Joe Toussaint because he mm-hmm. has, as, as the stat sheet tells me, nine assists but eight turnovers. Yep. And I kind of just like, man, if you'd have gotten a more evened out night from Joe, things could have gone differently. And he straight up took up for Joe. Like, man, some of the, those, it's like interceptions. Some of those turnovers, not not his fault uh, at all. Miscommunication. But he goes, he's trying to find this balance of scoring and all that. But he, like, took up for his guy, and I respected it. Um, and and I think he would do the same thing about, about Pop, too, in that you just got to let these guys, you trust them at this point in the season. You're going to have to live with some of the the bad and, and, then, and then embrace the good when you get it. But you're – because what else are you going to do? You know, I mean, it, it, you're gonna you're gonna sit him down for longer periods, I and mean, he may be getting tired and and hitting a bit of a wall. I mean, this happens to to really good dudes in this league, and he's one of them. So, uh, but I I just that's the least of my worries. But uh, tonight would be a good night for him to kind of uh, get 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 it back going again. Uh, man, probably a change from some previous regimes that we can all appreciate because we have seen some psychological warfare uh, from some previous head coaches. I mean, going like. Going back to Gillespie through the beard era. I mean, some of those days are like full metal jacket days, you know, just twist their brain <laughs> inside out. And uh, some more effective than others. Again, as I always say, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but I have appreciated it. And I'm not down there on the sideline. It's kind of difficult uh, to read body language or any facial expression uh, when you're in the building if you're not particularly close there to the bench. But some of what I can see. You know, watching an away game uh, through a television camera, I've appreciated the way that uh, it has seemed like Grant McCaslin will really coach his guys really, really hard and in a very detailed way. But he has seemingly struck some balance uh, when it comes to to patting them on the back as well and kind of encouraging and, and lifting them up uh, at the same time. That, that's a difficult balance to find. Before we move on from the basketball conversation, Chris, uh, I think last um, NCAA tournament projections I saw had Texas Tech around a six seed kind of territory. You've got what I think six regular season games left, splitting them home and away. You've got the Stillwater, Orlando, and Morgantown as far as some road trip destinations. You got Texas Christian, UT, and Baylor coming to your house as far as who is on the way to Lubbock. Um, gotta say, nothing is settled, obviously, but man. Feeling pretty good to be sitting here as we near the end of February and having Texas Tech with a little space between them and the bubble. Now, you could be right back there or worse, obviously, if you don't take care of business. But I think by any measure, at least from my fan perspective, a uh, little bit ahead of schedule. And I'm sure Grant McCaslin wouldn't agree with that statement either. But uh, feeling pretty good about where you are as a program as you get close to the final month. Yeah, I won't be asking him anything similar in a, a post game interview. <laughs> right? Hey, are yeah. you surprised you guys are not on the bubble or like? Yeah, like, out of the he, tournament? He's like Chris, man, I'm worried about I'm worried about practice in the morning. What are you, right. what are you talking about? Uh, I, I know, coach. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I think um, I, I think some people feel like you know in the industry that one more win in the league is enough to get you in. Uh, two more we- wins in, in the in the regular season, um, not counting Big Twelve tournament and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, that that cements it. Uh, Sharpie, you know, whatever. Uh, and and <laughs> if you get to that five hundred mark, but you know, you got a chance to be significantly better than that. But it's gonna, you know, I mean, what, can you finish four and two? Can you finish five and one? Can you win them all? I mean, you know, like you 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 know you, you it's gonna take. 
remaining healthy and getting the big fella back and, and staying healthy and all those things. But uh, you, you've got it because of those six games left, the only ranked team is Baylor. That's it. I mean, but none of these are going to be easy. You just can't. I mean, Texas is like desperate right now. Uh, Baylor is going to be very, very good when you get them at that point. And TCU is as athletic and one of the deepest, tallest teams that you're going to see all year. And we are, we've already seen that movie and how it ended. And I just, you know, I, I think with Central Florida, again, not much margin for error. And they've been really good at home on some Saturdays and some days in general. Others, not so much. Are they quitting? Are they shut? You just don't know what you're going to get over the weekend. Same thing with uh, Mike Boynton and then Josh Eilert, you know, that, that are coaching Oklahoma State and, and West Virginia. Are they back next year? Is this like, uh, you know, the last stand and we got to finish strong or else? I mean, you know, what, there's just all kinds of things surrounding those uh, teams. But these are all winnable, you know, but you're going to have to go out and win them. You know, like nobody's going to roll over and go, you know, we're just kind of done this year. Like, you know, just to, just take it. It doesn't work like that, not in this league anyway. So, uh, but tonight, tonight will be one of your your tougher ones, in my opinion, of, of what's yeah. left, uh, just because of the the matchup. And it, it just kind of scary a little bit, just because you can guard well and you can, you know, shoot it well. Because, I mean, Cowan, l- l- let's look at this. You made – uh, 10 three, excuse me, 14 threes in your, in your last game against TCU, 14, you know, um, and you couldn't keep them off the foul line. They shot 32 free throws to your 14. I mean, you shot it. You were 14 of 28. You're 50%. If I tell you right now, you're going to make 14 threes tonight. You probably are just like me and going, how bad did you beat them? Feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty good, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's what you got in Fort Worth, and it, it was not you, you never really put fear in them of of getting over the hump and uh, and putting a real scare into them after the especially after the flop call. So I just say that like tonight, man, you you need all your crowd, and you're gonna need a good performance from your from your kids to to get out with the win. And this one, you know, this one is a it's gonna be a tough one. Nothing but in-state opponents uh, left coming to town as far That's as right. the regular season is concerned. So uh, a lot of fun and meaningful, obviously, to beat uh, any of those teams for uh, purposes on the recruiting trail at the water cooler at your office or wherever you may be. Uh, these are always big ones. So looking forward to getting that stretch started with Texas Christian coming up tonight. And, of course, we'll be processing it on the other side for better or worse. Before we get out of here today, let's make sure – the chessboard is set properly, and everybody knows where the horsey guy and the tower guy and the pawn guy, you can tell I'm a chess player, right? These are industry terms to so try to follow along here, are all standing because we got a big day as it relates to college sports in general. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And if you've got a small business looking to hire new employees, you're hoping for the biggest pool of top-tier candidates possible, and that's exactly why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has all the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free, all on one easy-to-use and secure platform. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They've got a far-reaching network of more than a billion professionals, and hiring the best becomes easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within only 24 hours. 
With all the hats you wear as a business owner, the time or resources to hire quality candidates can be hard to come by, but LinkedIn carries the load for you with the quick, easy, and intuitive process. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. Now, on yesterday's show, we talked NCAA tournament-wise and how obviously that factors into some of these larger conversations that are at play. But if you haven't checked the calendar, it is February 20th, which means today is the day that supposedly we're going to get some vote on a college football playoff format. But of course, that will follow votes on other things like how much money do Washington State and Oregon State deserve as the lone remaining Pac Deuce members? How much money does Southern Methodist get as an Atlantic Coast conference member now what we've got happening essentially chris when it comes to the playoff format you may be well versed in by now if you're paying any attention to this it's a five plus seven model or a six plus six model obviously the six was previously constructed in the sense that you would get six automatic qualifying championship bids from five power leagues and one group of five league there are no longer five power leagues after the pac 12s destruction so now we're looking at four and still a group of five champion, which would give you the five plus then seven at large bids. But part of what is also interesting going into today, Chris, was the fact that we had, what, a week ago, maybe 10 days ago, reported by itself, which is always just an interesting wrench thrown in this system, ESPN reporting itself that, hey, we've come to an agreement. We've got, in principle, an agreement on an extended college football playoff television package. And then you have some others on the other side of that saying, whoa, 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 whoa. That actually is not the case. Now, part of that was from a MAC commissioner sending out to his conference's athletics directors the fact that that's incorrect. That reporting, to use the word again, is erroneous. Now, what's required here is a unanimous vote to actually have this come to pass. So this can kind of be like, I don't know, thinking about Congress or something where, yeah, let's all bluster and bluff in the newspaper all week. Well, we don't have an agreement. And you think, damn, how could you ever get to a unanimous vote? And then all of a sudden, boom, overnight, hey, we're friends. Unanimous vote. The sucker is passed. But what I thought really interesting about that ESPN part of it, Chris, was that it had to be an intentional leak of some kind or an intentional reporting of some kind when they knew that actually, in fact, it had not been agreed to. So what is going to fall today whenever the dust all settles? What does it look like? Only God knows. But I think... I think, Chris, I feel pretty securely that we will be sitting in a five plus seven era when it comes to five automatic bids, seven at large bids. Would you agree with me on that? Or do you still think there's any shot of some wild card type of format? Because I can't even imagine what that would look like, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think um, I think it's fascinating the way this was reported uh, by you know itself, as you mentioned, uh, ESPN <laughs> reporting on its own news, uh, and maybe it's posturing, uh, but but always was fascinating to me that you've agreed to pay in the billions uh, on something that you're not even sure what the format is. You know, right, like you I, I don't, I don't know what we're getting, but we want it bad. You know, like, and here's all the money. You just, uh, here's all the trucks. You can hear the beeping going on. They're backing up right now. Just take it all. And again, I don't even know what's for dinner, but we want it. Uh, we're ready to eat. Uh, you know, it, it, that, that part was very peculiar to me and, and posturing. Was it 
public pressure, like you better take this deal or we're going to walk. I mean, I, I don't, you'd love to know the behind the scenes. Uh, Cause who does that? Who, who buys something when you don't know what you're getting? I mean, unless you're buying a lottery ticket, you know, and like, <laughs> but that's not what this was. This was, so I thought that was very fascinating. And I, I'll believe a, an agreed to format when I see it, because the one thing that we know about this group is, is they don't agree uh, on much on anything. And, and, yeah. and their MO, their MO is basically to like, you know, eh, we're going to shelve those talks, you know, we're, we're going to kick the can down the road uh, and, and just delay and talk about it some more. I mean, all that stuff. And, and so I, I'll believe it when I see it in an official capacity, you may get some hearsay, but again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they agree to it and stamp it. I just, part of me, man, is I'm just, I don't, I don't know if I trust the SEC and the big 10. I just, I don't know. Really? I, Why? What yeah. have they ever done? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know. So part of me is, uh, and, and, and again, like, okay, you're, you're agreeing to what the format. So we're going to stay at 12 um, at larges, uh, I just think there's going to be some caveat. If they agree to this, there's going to be some caveat that benefits the. I, I don't know. Uh, that, well, call me a cynic, glass half empty. But and 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 if you do agree to it, for how long? Is this just like yeah. a we're going to agree to like a couple more years after so 27 and 28, or is this a long term? So anyway, I, I I'm just yeah. I think that's eyebrow raised. I think that's on the money in the sense that we'll probably get a couple of years out of this. Um, because you've got to agree to a format for these first couple of years of the 12-team playoff. But then beyond that, what the playoff even looks like, who it includes, how big it is, is still left to be determined. You know, Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, was asked, are you still committed to this beyond 25? And he said, sure, but it's got to be right. <laughs> so basically, I don't know. He could have just said, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see, right? That's what <laughs> and, that's what I'm saying, man. What's right I, for them may not be right for everybody else. I want to know his definition of <laughs> it needs to be right. That's right. Yeah. So we've got a couple of different levels to this here. The management committee, which is essentially represented of the 11 conference commissioners. And of course, from upon high, Notre Dame's athletic director who gets like the Phil Jackson seat. It's a much taller seat at the table than everybody else's. And then when they're agreed upon it, they pass it to the board of managers, which is uh, comprised of university presidents. So we'll see what comes to be, but this is happening today. So keep an eye out out there for what our future will hold as far as college football fans and college sports in general, because again, the break off or autonomy interest, things like that obviously are going to be impacted or maybe somewhat revealed. Maybe there are things to learn about what some autonomy intentions are as it relates to these type of decisions here today. So still some things to process as the week goes on, but they will be raising their hands and saying yay or nay today on supposedly a college football playoff format. Excited to see uh, what that looks like whenever the cookie finally crumbles. Chris, appreciate the time as always, my man, getting ready for hoops coming up tonight. Hope you enjoyed the basketball game. We'll be back to chop it up on tomorrow's episode, hopefully talking about a win over the Horn Frogs. Enjoyed it and looking forward to tomorrow. And if and if the cookie does crumble, I hope it's oatmeal raisin. Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I I, I tend to like it. Um, You're your own man. To, <laughs> hope to see everybody at the arena tonight. Uh, your team will desperately need you. This is one of final three remaining chances to see these guys in a home basketball game, and they're dwindling. Uh, so, anyways, hope to see everybody there. It's a very very important game for all kinds of reasons. So, anyway, enjoyed it, Cal. And we'll talk to you in the morning and break it all down.
Yes, sir. Appreciate you and appreciate everybody else for being out there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And we hope to see you back for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.